the Liberty Cast with Big E, the man who makes the founders seem like moderates. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Big E with the Liberty Cast. It has been uh, another really busy week, despite the fact that it's summertime and historically it's been uh, slow, but we have the midterm elections coming up, so that's probably contributing to a lot of this. But uh, some of the things we're going to talk about today, uh, we have red flag laws, which are being, uh, which are being floated in a, and passed in a number of states. We have uh, the media double standards that we're seeing, media and big tech double standards, and, uh, and we'll, we'll get into some details of that. And uh, those are some really big ones. So if we have time, uh, I'll talk about Dave Bautista. And if you're familiar with uh, the Marvel movies, you know who he is. Uh, Antifa and some of the things that they're upset about for some reason. And something else that's uh, kind of sad uh, for me is uh, the city of Austin and and some of the things that they have that they have planned that they're trying to do. Well, that's the rundown. But before we get into that, though, uh, I just wanted to quickly say thank you to uh, SHR Media and my great friend Sackhead Sean. This week, SHR Media graciously offered to host uh, the Liberty Cast on their network, and I could not be happier. Uh, we've only just started here at the Liberty Cast, and I did not expect an opportunity like this for a while. So, again, thank you. I will continue to try and bring you quality content and do my part to get the conservative message out to the masses. Um, as you have seen from the first podcast up to now, uh, we've made some changes. Uh, we've we've added some things, and and we're going to try to do more things as as things progress. But um, uh, again, thank you, Sackhead Sean. Thank you, SHR Media, and uh, I am looking forward to us all doing big things. Uh, with that, let's get to it, shall we? Red flag laws, uh, and these are known among the anti-constitutionalists as uh, extreme risk protection orders, uh, ERPOs. And uh, they have now been enacted in, I think, 12 or 13 states. This is a dangerous road that we're uh, embarking on. And I'm no constitutional scholar. I'm not a lawyer, but I do play one occasionally. And these laws, which uh, allow family members, friends, police, these laws allow them to petition the court to take somebody's guns away because they pose some sort of threat to themselves or to others. And that sounds like a, a, a noble cause, that sounds great, but not at the expense of due process. But the burden of proof that needs to be met in order for a judge to grant one of these uh, orders uh, is very low. It, it varies from state to state. The laws are all written uh, differently. The good thing is that uh, most of these laws do have provisions where, well, they're filed under the penalty of perjury. So if you, if you file these, these complaints and petition the court for one of these orders, knowingly giving false information, you are subject, you're in legal jeopardy. So a family member can't get pissed off and decide they're going to try and take a person's guns away because that will... Um, 
the legal system will turn around and bite them. That's just uh, so. So I'm I'm glad to see that, but ideally, not we, these laws should not be uh, in place in the first place. There are enough laws on the books to accomplish what they're trying to with these new laws. These laws not only violate the due process clause, but they can be filed ex parte, which means a person whose guns are being taken away, they don't even have to be made aware of, of the situation until uh, the warrant to seize them is, is issued and the cops show up to, to take their guns. Not only does this violate due process as outlined in the 5th and 14th Amendments, but it also violates the Confrontation Clause. Any guesses as to what that might be? Well, it's the provision in the Sixth Amendment that gives the accused the right to face his or her accuser. And uh, I'm quoting now. In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law, and to be informed of the nature and the cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him. The Constitution is a brilliant document. The founders did an amazing job in crafting it. The concept of due process is one of the most important principles in our criminal justice system. So much so that it shows up in two separate amendments to our Constitution. That, uh, that should really uh, give us a clue as to how important that is. And it's especially important when it comes to adjudicating issues pertaining to the Second Amendment. And the Due Process Clause is as follows. You shall not deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Which means if you are accused of a crime or if some legal action needs to be taken, there needs to be some sort of process by which these things can be adjudicated. Here's the thing. If someone who owns guns does threaten violence against someone or a group of people, it's a crime. So report it. It is then incumbent upon law enforcement to investigate and enforce the law if it's been violated. Then those criminal proceedings will will determine whether or not the person is unstable and or unfit to own any guns. That's due process. So until the current laws are enforced properly, there is absolutely no need to pass any new laws. The existing ones can do the job when they're enforced properly. All we need to do is look back at uh, Parkland shooting at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. The perpetrator of that crime was known to the local sheriffs and to the FBI. He even called the FBI on himself. And they, they, these things were never followed up on. So if our law enforcement community drops the ball, and I'm not trying to impugn all of law enforcement, everybody who knows me knows that that is absolutely not the case. But if, 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 if law enforcement drops the ball, a new law for them to not enforce isn't going to do anyone any good. Ever since I've taken up the cause to uh, defend our Second Amendment rights and, and study this subject, I've always held the belief that enacting new laws is not, uh, is not the way to go. And if you want to prove that the laws that are currently on the books are not sufficient, then enforce them properly. If you enforce them properly and then these things still happen, well, then we can talk about it. But if we hold our law enforcement officials um, like the Broward County Sheriff uh, down in Parkland uh, or the FBI uh, in that same incident, uh, 
if we hold those law enforcement officials accountable for making sure that those laws are enforced properly, I am certain that the frequency of these incidents will go down dramatically. Okay, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we get back, um, I'm going to dive into the double standards in media and and I hate this term, but there's really no other way to put it, big tech. So uh, when we get back, we'll, we'll get into that. the Liberty Cast. I'm your host, Biggie, and uh, we're going to talk about something that I guess I, I may start to sound like a broken record with this because I know I talked about it last week, uh, but it's the, the double standards in the media and now, uh, well, not now, uh, but the double standards with media and, and, and big tech. And by that, I mean uh, Facebook, Twitter, Google. The hits just keep on coming. First, let's talk about um, the racist Sarah John. She tweeted out some really nasty things about white men. I'm going to be consistent here, and I'm going to state for the record that uh, I don't think she should be fired. Having said that, the New York Times did fire someone who held a similar position to Sarah John. Her name was Quinn Norton, and she was fired for having affiliations with some less than savory individuals, uh, white supremacists, uh, white nationalists, things of that nature. She was friends with some people that were, were affiliated with that group. So uh, I don't really understand if firing her was the right thing to do. Why was even hiring Sarah John, who they claim to have vetted her, uh, her social media history. Why did they even hire her? They they specifically stated that they that they vetted her tweets and and her other social media. But here's the thing: she's the right kind of racist. So because she said things like white people are only good for living underground like goblins, or that she takes pleasure in being mean to old white men, or her plan was for white people to go extinct, or white people smell like dogs, yada yada yada. Say say stuff like that, and you're good to go. Now, the First Amendment protects our right to free speech, and I wholeheartedly believe in that. As long as anything that you have said does not uh, incite violence, go for it. But the First Amendment was meant to protect speech that is not popular, or in particular that the government didn't like. It was put in place so that people could be free to criticize uh, the government. But for... For argument's sake, let's just expand that to social media. And as I said before, as long as you're not calling for people to get physically harmed in any way, crazy Auntie Max, say whatever you want. I may get offended, I may not. I may think it's funny. I may not. People who know me know my sense of humor. I don't find a whole lot of things funny. But if I do get offended or if I don't think it, I'll, I'll just block you or mute you, depending on the platform. 
as, as an aside, I found out recently that I was blocked by Shannon Watts from uh, Moms Demand Action or whatever that silly name is. Um, that was a proud moment for me, though, because I, I, I wear that as a badge of honor. I mean, we're never going to be able to persuade her to see things rationally. So anyway, uh, I just thought that was that was pretty, pretty interesting. But uh, getting back to the point, I'll never call for you to be banned or suspended from any social media platform for saying anything stupid uh, or offensive. But I think the New York Times set the standard when they fired Quinn Norton. But like most leftist behavior, they want to have it both ways. And to illustrate that, uh, let's talk about Alex Jones. I've, I've never been a fan of his. I first became aware of him in Infowars a long time ago. And I listened to him for a, a little bit. I listened to some of his rants. He, 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 never, he never really resonated with me. But when he first floated the theory that 9-11 was an inside job, I stopped paying attention to him. Um, and apparently, since then, he's become a well-known conspiracy theorist and has said some highly uh, inflammatory things even since uh, that 9-11 uh, conspiracy theory. Uh, he said Sandy Hook didn't happen and was staged by the government and that the children were actors. I really don't have any use for Alex Jones. I know Paul Joseph Watson is on uh, his InfoWars platform, and I do find him interesting. I do enjoy listening to him from time to time, even though I don't always agree with him. Nevertheless, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple have all removed his show from, uh, from their platforms. They claim that he violated their terms of service repeatedly, and therefore he's been banned. <sighs> okay, the American communists are congratulating themselves and dancing like that silly Philadelphia mayor uh, because they were able to get him banned. And just before I went uh, to record this, I read that Twitter also suspended, well, not also, they actually haven't suspended Alex Jones, but they have suspended uh, the accounts of Gavin McGinnis and his Proud Boys organization. I actually do like Gavin McGinnis. Um, I watch his show on CRTV occasionally. Um, I like when he guests on other people's shows. He has some, he has some really uh, interesting takes on things. I do know that he can go a bit overboard, um, and I know people have problems with the Proud Boys organization. Uh, some people say it's uh, alt-right or, or white nationalist. Uh, I'm not familiar with his organization as much as I am with him as a commentator, but um, I don't think there can be any real doubt at this point that conservative voices that have um, a considerable reach are under attack, under attack from uh, the communists in uh, in the media and under attack from the communists in the big tech industry. And by that, I mean, like I said, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google, etc. I know it's not really a First Amendment issue per se, because this doesn't involve um, government censorship. But looking at it from another point of view, the monthly active users across the platforms that banned him and when that band, uh, Alex Jones, is over $2 billion. The revenue generated between them, and I'm talking about ad revenue for Facebook and YouTube and uh, subscribers for Apple uh, and Spotify, it's just over $20 billion. That's more than the GDP of a number of small countries. 
That much money equates to a lot of power. That power has the ability to shape and steer the conversation however they see fit. As, as we've seen, even before the uh, Sarah Jong and uh, Alex Jones debacles, they are not nearly as tolerant as they would have us believe, despite their claims to the contrary. And in case you haven't, uh, you haven't caught on to this yet, the left hates free speech. They, they hate the very concept of it. All we have to do is look this past week. Uh, ben Shapiro challenged uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to a debate. And she decided that, uh, or that, that it was equivalent to catcalling and sexist and she wasn't going to respond. She wasn't going to respond because she knows that she would have gotten wiped uh, by Ben Shapiro. But it, it just goes to illustrate the fact that disagreement with, with the left, they feel it's tantamount to hate speech. First of all, there's, there is no such thing as hate speech. There's just speech. There's speech that you don't like and there's speech that you agree with. And just because you don't like it doesn't make it hate speech. And I actually think that saying that the left hates free speech is putting too fine a point on it. They hate the Constitution, period. They want to do everything that they possibly can to circumvent it. And by engaging in censorship of, of conservative voices on social media platforms, even though, it, like I said before, it's not, uh, it's not government censorship, but uh, it, given the, the reach and the power that these people have, it's close. I mean, Barack Obama even said that he hated being bound by it when it came to being able to do certain things he wanted to do. And then he turned around and did his best to circumvent it anyway with his phone and his pen. But they are doing everything they can to circumvent it like he did with his phone and his pen. And if they ever get control again, they will do everything they can to, to dismantle it. They, they floated recently the idea of expanding the Supreme Court. If they ever get control of the White House, Senate, and the House of Representatives, I guarantee you that they will move to expand the Supreme Court and stack it with as many left-wing lunatics as they possibly can. And that will, that will effectively uh, render the Constitution, render it useless because they will just run roughshod over it and all of our rights. So on that wonderful note, uh, we're going to go ahead and take another break. And uh, when we get back, uh, there's a few other things that, uh, that I want to get into. So stay tuned and we will be right back. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Liberty Cast, and I'm your host, Big E. Uh, before we close out the show today, uh, let's get into some quick hits. So the Ninth Circuit is at it again. Um, despite the fact that I had some nice things to say about them recently, uh, they just ruled that the Unsafe Handgun Act, which is uh, a law passed in California, uh, and this law sets some ridiculously unrealistic requirements for pistols made after 2013. Um, one of those requirements is micro stamping, which 
is a requirement that states that there's a lot of information that has to be legibly printed on two locations of each fired cartridge. And some of that information is make, model, and serial number of the handgun that fired the cartridge. So imagine trying to do that on a 22. Seriously? Let, let, let that sink in for a second. They just ruled that this is consistent with the Second Amendment. How is that even possible when the technology to do this doesn't even exist yet? And even if it did, how cost prohibitive would that be to micro stamp all that information? And that's not even all that they're talking about. That's just an example of, of the information that, that they're requiring. All that information on a cartridge, a, a 22 cartridge. I mean, it's, it's unrealistic to think that it could even fit on a 44, let alone a 22. So, I mean, this is, this is absolutely ridiculous. Now, I don't have a ton of information on this. I just found out about it, so I haven't done a deep dive. But uh, rest assured that I will address it uh, either in an upcoming podcast or on a blog post or both, depending on, on how things go. That was the jab. Uh, here comes the, the right cross. Dave Batista. And if you, uh, if you watch Marvel movies, if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, he's the one that plays uh, Drax the Destroyer in, in Guardians of the Galaxy. He finds working for Disney now nauseating and is threatening to leave the Guardians franchise if they do not hire James Gunn back to direct. Or at the very least, if they don't use the script uh, for the third installment that he wrote. Are you quitting on me? Well, are you? Then quit! He actually finds it nauseating that a kid-friendly company like Disney fired a guy for tweeting about how much he liked to diddle young boys or rape children. That seemed legit. Now, I know I said uh, before that I get that the cast of the movie is supporting him, but saying something like that publicly is just unbelievably stupid and shows an astounding lack of self-awareness. If, if, he, if he does lose the, leave the, uh, the franchise, kick rocks. I don't care. They can find another big guy with limited acting ability to play that character. This is another jab. Uh, I don't think it's going to do much damage, even though it does sadden me a little bit. I live in Texas. The city of Austin, which is the capital city, if you didn't know, for, your, for our uh, geographically challenged friends, they're talking about renaming the city because Stephen F. Austin, the man after whom the city is named, owned slaves and, and fought to keep slavery alive in the state of Texas or in the Republic of Texas at that time. This is just the latest example of the left trying to wipe out history. It started with statues. I doubt such a measure will, will pass, even in Austin. Um, but so many people come to Texas to go to school at UT uh, and other schools in the area, and they never leave. And even UT is not immune to the socialist virus that plagues higher education these days. So these kids are getting indoctrinated. They're staying in the state, in the city. Because as you get further and further out from, from Austin, uh, it gets more and more red. And they're, they're going to stay concentrated in that, in that socialist bubble. 
but we'll see. Uh, that's something else I'm definitely going to keep my eye on. Here comes an uppercut for the knockout blow. Let's, uh, let's talk about Antifa for a second. They are upset because uh, their identities were published when, uh, after they were arrested back on uh, August 4th uh, during their uh, No to Marxism demonstration. So let me get this straight. You wear masks to hide your identities, most likely because you don't want your parents seeing you uh, assault people with bicycle locks and vandalizing uh, Marine Corps recruiting stations. Yet your organization has published the names of police officers and ICE agents. And, and although it's not Antifa, people on the left have published the names of and, and locations of licensed registered gun owners. There are two issues here. The first, once you get arrested, it's public record. And second, how is it any different from when Antifa published the identities of ICE agents that they found on LinkedIn. I know ICE was, was a little upset with them for that, but the information was there on LinkedIn. Somebody just from Antifa just aggregated it and, and published it. So why now when they're arrested, which is, which is, like I said, a matter of public record, why is that wrong? They're, they're calling it, uh, a disturbing move to publish their their mugshots and their identities. I mean, come on. If it wasn't for double standards, the left wouldn't have any standards at all. And I know that's a that's a trite saying, but it's true because their their platform, their statements are riddled with double standards. And it's not about what aboutism. It's just it's just the truth. There's a different standard for conservatives in the media than there is for communists, period. So that's it for the quick hits. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, and, and call it a day here. But um, as usual, thanks for listening. Keep your head on a swivel and stay safe, everybody.